Portions of the day's programming are reproduced by means of electrical transcriptions or tape recordings. Time for school. Rock school with your hosts, Dr. Joe Burns. It's you're not supposed to get a cold during the summer. That you get a cold during the cold, thus the name cold. <laughs> That's the reason it's like that. Class is in. Rock School Radio Show, and we are back live here on the campus, Southeastern Louisiana University. That is where we go from. KSLU, that's the flagship. Now 12 affiliates strong is the Rock School Radio Show. My name is Joe Burns. You are? Monique Gregoire. You got the sniffles. What's the matter with you? I do. I don't know. Why? What's, what do you do? It's it's the middle. of You don't get a cold during the summer. My husband keeps it on 70 degrees right now. Why? I you're not supposed know. to do that. It's too you're, cold. It Way is too cold. It's You're not supposed to get a cold during the summer. That you get a cold during the cold, thus the name cold. <laughs> That's the reason it's like that. All right. If you were listening last week, uh, you knew that I missed a couple of things because I was on vacation. So let me start making up for those things. <laughs> At the beginning of last week's show, I said, Manny Roth, founder of New York City's Cafe Wa, died. He was... It depends on which one you read. I read that he was 94. However, Rolling Stone Magazine's online version, at least, said he was 95. So 94, 95, I guess, you know, Shlemiel Shlemazel, who cares? When you get to that age, you know, drink what you want, eat what you want, and who cares if anybody asks you your age? Exactly. He died July 25 at his home in California. His daughter, Jody Roth, reported that. He said he enjoyed being called the Duke of McDougal Street, which is where the Cafe Wa was located. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing about the Cafe Wa, it was called Greenwich Village's Swingin' Coffee House, or Swinginist Coffee House, again, <laughs> depending on which one you read. Here's the thing about it, though. Most people know it, those that are cursory you know, knowledge about it, which, okay. which I was. I mean, I only know these things because I researched it. Right. I knew it because Manny Roth is the uncle of David Lee Roth, of oh, Van Halen. Right. Okay, it all and, makes sense now. Right, and when young David Lee Roth was, and I mean young, 7 to 11 years old, he would go to the Cafe Wa, and that's where he would sit. And famous, famous people would, I don't know if babysat was the correct term, but he would sit there while the beatniks would read poetry and sing folk songs. Oh, yeah. And there were stories about you know people like... Richie Havens Mm -hmm. and the founding members of Cool and the Gang, you know, sitting with David Lee Roth so this little 11-year-old kid wouldn't be alone. How cool is that? Oh, baby, you know, (laughs) babysat by Richie Havens. Supremely cool. So for an hour today, I want to explain who Manny Roth was, how he came to create the Cafe Wa. Why it's named Cafe Wa, that seems mm-hmm. like a very odd name. And a lot of it's going to be told to you by David Lee Roth, because upon the death, um, a lot of things were recorded by Dave, and I have Van Halen playing live at the Cafe Wa. That's where they did their sort of premiere show after releasing their last album. So a lot of stuff. Oh. Supposedly, 
Bob Dylan played his first gigs as Bob Dylan upon arriving in New York City at the Cafe Wa. Oh. Did he? Most people agree. When you talk in history, you got to kind of wink, wink. Most people agree that, yes, he did. So we'll start with Bob Dylan, come back and start explaining what the Cafe Wa is. Rainy Day Women, right here on Rock School. Talking to Cafe Wa and Manny Roth, who passed away July 25th, uh, just a little while ago, 94 or 95, depending on which one you read. Let me tell you about where this place is. I've actually stood at the Cafe Wa. Uh, my wife and I used to live outside of New York City. We lived in oh. Pennsylvania. We yeah. could be on Manhattan in about two hours. And we oh, would okay. do it with you know no concerns. Get up early in the morning, whoop, park the car, go right through the Lincoln, Lincoln Tunnel, and mm. we'd be parked on 41st or 42nd. You know, you just find a garage. People mm-hmm. say there's no parking. You know, that's a ton of parking. You just have to pay for it. There's no free parking. Right. You know what I mean? Okay. In 1959, someone told Manny Roth about a garage that used to be an old horse stable on McDougal. It's between Bleecker and West Third Streets. And by the way, it's still open, the Cafe Wa. Oh, okay. You want to go? Go. CafeWa.com. Go look at it. Oh. It's there. You can see pictures of it. Uh, you go down some stairs to this deep, dank basement, and he bought it. Spent his last hundred dollars to lay down this broken marble that absolutely nobody wanted, marble floors. Uh Bought this hundred dollars of broken marble floor, which he personally laid down and never once would shut up about it. Mm -hmm. The uh, walls were sprayed black with spray paint. (laughs) <laughs> to give it the feeling of a cave. Uh, there were chairs and such that he found in dumpsters. That's crazy. That's how he did it. And everything was always done with blue candles on top of tables. Full occupancy, 325. Huh. That's it. And it was a beatnik club. It was known as a basket club because mm-hmm. after the end of a performance, you would pass a basket. That's how the performers were paid. He didn't uh, pay them. Yeah. So you'd pass a basket around. Sometimes you made money, sometimes you didn't. We're going to talk about who performed at the Cafe Wa, who supposedly started there, who worked there, and mm-hmm. some pretty big names. But I'm going to play a rather long little bit here. This is David Lee Roth. They're playing, they, Van Halen, are right. playing at the Cafe Wa. This is the premiere party for the album A Different Kind of Truth, mm-hmm. where Roth is explaining Manny Roth, his uncle, mm-hmm. and then they go right into a live version of a Van Halen song, on the Cafe Wa stage. So you'll hear David Lee Roth and an homage to Manny Roth and then right into a Van Halen song right here as we do the Cafe Wa on Rockstar. commander far side of the earth he sends a couple of the sailors up under the top of the crow's nest and one of the guys says you see that see that name carved into the banister he says the captain dug it in there when he was 12 years old and he's been on this ship ever since he, he learned every single job on the boat and how many years later made the captain that's what being the captain's all about you know every job on the boat by that time 
I carved my name on one of the banisters down here in this basement when I was seven years old. The first time I walked through that door was right after my seventh birthday. I was living on the East Coast, you know, family, and uh, my pop was still in school, so we, you know, up until I was 13, something like that, we lived in little apartments. And uh, summertime come around, the first time we drove into New York, I remember the lights, it was midnight, 1961. And I sat at the table right over there, and there was a Virgin Island steel drummer here, fellow singing in Calypso. My uncle Manny told me on the phone a couple nights ago that that was Eddie Barkley. He's still with us. He lives out in Queens. But perhaps more importantly, was that was the same year my uncle stood on this stage exactly as I stand in front of you and said, hey, we got a new poet, a new folk singer in town. His name's Bobby Zimmerman and he needs a place to shack up. True story. Well, it took us 50 years to get this gig. <laughs> it was easier getting into the, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame than it was getting this gig. And now I want to get real, real serious. Because he's here tonight and he's 92 years old. Big hand for Uncle Manny off in the side. the best time of his life. <laughs> Anyways, it's full circle, yo. Remember Manny telling me about, most proudly, when I first time I walked in here, about the marble floor that you're standing on. He said it took him a year to lay that marble floor. On the last phone call, he's bragged about that marble floor again. This is a temple. This is a very special place. And I am more nervous about this gig than I would ever be at the garden. <laughs> there's no hiding up here. There's no hiding, there's no fake vocals, there's no fake any thing. How are we doing, all right so far?
Okay, let me tell you some people that actually worked or played at the club, at the Cafe Wa. We've already talked about Bob Dylan. And mm-hmm. later on in the show, I want to talk about Bob Dylan again because it's fun how he got there and some things that happened to him while he was there. Because mm-hmm. you'd think, Bob Dylan, headliner. Uh, right. No, yeah. not at all. Well, to be that small, you got to think a lot of people probably started there. Sure. And, and the thing is, you know, you think of, you know, Bob Dylan was always popular. No, at some point in time, nobody knew who in the world Bob Dylan was. Right. At some point in time, no one had the slightest idea, you know, who Van Halen was. Mm-hmm. So, Peter, Paul, and Mary. It was, here comes the story. It was that, let me get his name here, Noel Stuckey had a successful stand-up routine at the club. That's another thing. He brought in stand-up comedians. Okay. Um, he had a, a place at the uh, a club long before he took the stage name Paul, which fit nicely between Peter and Mary. So Noel Stuckey became Paul, which was part of Peter, Paul, and Mary. Okay, fine. How did he meet Mary? Well, Mary Travers was a waitress at the club before teaming up with her bandmates. Oh, okay. So the Café Wa is supposedly the place where Peter, Paul, and Mary was formed and also where they first sang. That's pretty neat. How nice. Okay, play Peter, Paul, and Mary. I probably will later on in the show. Here's the better one. Have you ever heard the story that the animals bassist Chaz Chandler, you know, the animals, you know, we got to right. get out of this place. He basically got sick of being a rock star and said, I don't want to do this anymore. And I'm just going to go and produce music. Okay. But I've got to go find that performer. I've got to go get that performer. I got to mm-hmm. go find that one guy. Great. Apparently, Animals bassist Chaz Chandler spotted a guitarist okay. playing at the Café Wa. This guitarist, a young Jimi Hendrix, was what? brought to the club by Richie Havens. Now, that Richie Havens connection is in doubt. Okay. The story goes, and it, it's always who's telling it. If you're Richie Havens, of course, well, I brought him to the club. Exactly. Sure, why not? <laughs> The, the the connection is that Richie Havens suggested this new guitarist, Jimi Hendrix, to uh, Manny Roth. And it is at the Café Wa that Chaz Chandler spotted Jimi Hendrix playing with the Blue Flames. And at that point in time, his name was Jimmy James. Huh. Is that true? Take as much of it as you want. <laughs> Hendrix on Rock School. Okay, coming into the first break here on Rock School, wicked, wicked late. I am not timing this show very well at all. So let me give you a fantastic little piece of trivia, and uh, we'll get out of this break real quick. Do you know who Hilly Crystal is? 
I don't. Hilly Crystal. You probably know his, uh, even though you don't know him, you probably know his club, CBGB. Oh, absolutely. And Omfug. Mm-hmm. CBGB and Omfug. Uh, Hilly Crystal, before he opened CBGB, was an aspiring singer, folk singer. And guess where he would perform? The Cafe really? Wa. Yeah, there are pictures. If you go and simply search uh, history of the Cafe Wa, uh-huh. there's lots of snapshots that people had taken of people up on stage, and you can easily find Hilly Crystal performing at the Cafe Wa. It's pretty cool. Neato mosquito. Hi there, KPVL Decorah, Iowa. Thanks for running the radio show. KSRQ, Thief River Falls, Minnesota. Thanks, guys. There you go. We'll talk a little bit more about Bob Dylan as soon as we get back out of the break. Join us on Facebook. Search Rock School Radio Show and like us. You really like us. Back in a minute on Rock School. Out of the break, I told you I'd tell you a little bit more about Bob Dylan. Once again, Cafe Wa. Mm-hmm. If you are cursory, you know it because of David Lee Roth's attachment. If you're not, the Bob Dylan attachment is normally what you know. He supposedly played there first upon arriving in New York City. Well, he was actually hired there. And you think, Bob Dylan, got to be the headliner. No, actually not. He was hired by Manny to back up a guy by the name of Fred Neal. You ever heard of him, Fred Neal? Fred Neal had a couple little hits on his own, but most people know Fred Neal for being a writer of songs, namely Harry Nielsen. So what I'm going to do is play a song that he wrote for Harry Nielsen, but I'm going to play the version by Fred Neal. And you'll know the song the moment it starts to play. Mm -hmm. Supposedly the first time Dylan plays It Cafe Wa, January 24, 1961. Is it, again, you've got to to deal with people remembering. I don't think... People, you know, Bob Dylan is here. Write down everything that happened. Well, he didn't know who it was. Dylan said he would perform as a solo artist at the Cafe Juan in the afternoons and would play for free. It was a basket place. Right. They sent around the basket. Of course, no one was there. It was the afternoons. Right. You know, you got one or two drunk beatniks, you know, because <laughs> Manny's making his money off the booze. And in the evening, he is backing up this Fred Neal guy. However, you would think you've got Dylan. You'd never want to let him go. Mm-hmm. Well, he was late once, got warned. Uh-huh. He was late twice, got warned. He was late a third time, and Manny Roth fired him. Wow. So not only did he hire him, he was the first to fire him. That's crazy. In New York. Here is Fred Neal. Everybody's talking. You know this one by Nielsen. This is Fred Neal's version right here in Rock School. Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear wood. I won't let you leave my love behind. Okay, bottom of the hour coming out of Fred Neal here on Rock School. Okay, I'm going to give you a piece of trivia, and I know what people are going to say. Oh, play it, play it, play it. I looked. 
goodness did I look. I tried to find this. I mean, I went to some places I should not have been. I probably have viruses on my computer because of looking for this thing. Listen to this. Do you know who Louis Gossett Jr. is? Yeah, absolutely. As in an officer and a gentleman. Get mm-hmm. on your faces, you slimy worms. Oh, yeah. Right, yeah. You may not have known it, but before he was an actor, or maybe while he was trying to be an actor, he was also a folk singer. Really? And was hired by Manny Roth to sing at the Cafe Wa. That's fun. And again, it says here he was, those who knew him, he was very talented and was apparently very good at what he did, and people enjoyed listening to him. Yeah. To which I said to myself, oh, I have got to find this. <laughs> Can't. Could not find oh, it. Oh, that's so disappointing. I know. And I mean, I really looked. And what's funny is I know some people out there are going to clickety-clickety-click and boom, there will be Lewis Gossett Jr. So <laughs> out of this break, what we're going to do, we're going to do seven days, 70 seconds. Out of this break, I have a rather long little blip from, you may not know this, but there's a podcast David Lee Roth puts out called, um, I think it's the David Lee Roth Show. And for the first seven minutes of one of his shows, and they go about 45 minutes, for the first seven minutes of one of his shows, he does an ode to Manny Roth, where he explains the entire inception of the Café Wa, how Manny put it together, uh, where the name came from, how Manny's wife was involved in it. And it's simply a voiceover, and I'll play that for you out of this, and it explains it a whole better, you know, a whole lot better than I ever could. So, but for seven days, seventy seconds, these are the rock and roll dates: August eleventh, all the way through August seventeenth. I believe you have Monday, Monique. Go. August eleventh, nineteen seventy-nine. The Knack started a five-week run at number one on the U.S. album chart with "Get the Knack." Get the Knack. Uh, August twelfth, nineteen sixty. Pete Best auditioned to become the Silver Beatles drummer and was asked to travel to Hamburg in Germany for the band's next. Next set of dates. August 13th, 1984, mass robbers broke into Todd Rundgren's New York house and proceeded to steal hi-fi equipment and paintings after tying the musician up. Hmm. It was reported that one of the intruders had been humming his hit, I Saw the Light. That's not nice. <laughs> August 14th, 1985, Michael Jackson wins a bid over Yoko Ono and Paul McCartney to secure the ATV Music Publishing Catalog, which, by the way was a whole lot of Beatles songs. So Michael Jackson, which is why you started seeing Beatles songs in commercials. Michael sold them. Evil. Evil. No. August 15th, 1969, Woodstock Festival was held on Max Yart. Yasger. 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 600 Acre Farm in Bethel, outside New York, attended by over 400,000 people. Yes, but if you ask, over 7 million were there because everyone will tell you they were at Woodstock. And at least 200,000 of this don't remember. Oh, sure. (laughs) August 16th, 1938, American blues musician Robert Johnson dies, probably poisoned by a jealous husband. Maybe. At the age of 27 at a county crossroads near Greenwood, Mississippi, a lot of people believe this is Legber. Legber, supposedly the devil's minion, starting the 27 Club. It's not. Uh, August 17th, 1955, Elvis Presley releases his first number one hit, I Forgot to Remember to Forget Back with Mystery Train. So, I said we're going to do uh, David Lee Roth's ode to Uncle Manny explaining the name of the club and such and my introduction is doing nothing so here's david lee the first 14 pages of bob dylan's chronicles his autobiography he talks about coming from hibbing minnesota to new york city on his woody guthrie quest and uh, his very first gig was manny roth's cafe wa manny is my uncle 
who is still with us. God bless him. In fact, he just stopped driving, gave up his license upon demand of his wife. He's 94 years old. And he was the Duke of McDougall, starting well, right after World War II. He was a navigator on a B something or other, a Memphis Bell, did 25 missions over Germany, etc. The classic black and white movie story, then hitchhiked from rural Newcastle, Indiana, uh, where I started growing up to New York City to the village during the time just before the beatniks were kicking in. Downtown was always uh, the land for the anarchists and the political left when the liberal, the decisively outer edge, those who live in the margin, suikoren, like it says in Japanese, the, the water margin, those who live on the outsides of society and but contribute the most of it. However, the Café Wa itself has that name for a very specific reason. Manny and my Aunt Judy, who is now in her 80s and lives up in Northern California, uh, started the coffee shop in a time when the mayor and the constabulary determined that this was a subversive element, as they do about every 10 summers or so, and took away everybody's cabaret and liquor licenses so that you couldn't drink and you couldn't dance uh, because they were having poetry readings and political confabs and things like folk music, who even knew what that, ethnic music, who even knew what ethnic meant. I'm still not sure, but I like it. <laughs> Oh yeah, keeping in mind that this was during the same time period that the series Ad Men is taking place. Just imagine those characters, as played by my parents, Nathan and Sybil Roth. <laughs> uh, that time period is when the Café Wa really kicked in, the jazz era. Uh, in between big band and uh, you know modern pop music, was that kind of jazz, underground, non-filter, and why the espresso? Why are these coffee shops? Because they lost their liquor licenses to the mayor at the time. I don't know who it was, but uh, right wing versus left wing. And um, I asked Manny about it. He said, that's when everybody started bringing in the espresso machines. If you pump everybody with enough caffeine, sugar and fat that comes in all that great Italian ice cream, nobody's gonna miss the tequila. Nobody's gonna miss the vodka. Everybody's loving it up and dancing and singing and arguing just the same as if you're blasted on Budweiser. Uh, it's, and that's the chemistry. Consequently, you can simply find yourself a little basement, set yourself up with an espresso machine. Cafe Watt was named uh, why, after my grandmother, the old Russian Jewish immigrant, uh, uh, came to the United States in 1913 from Russia, farm woman, uh, made her living with Grandpa Joe, started off with a combination general store for the farmers uh, before the Depression, because it was World War I time, sold beer by the pail for, I think, four cents. At night, it became a public house where my brother, my uncles, uh, the brothers, grew up, 
and uh, she never really learned a whole lot of English. Her favorite expression was a really sarcasm dialed up to the level of stun, was wow! <laughs> I started hearing that as a kid with, Grandma, what do you think of my beetle haircut? Wow! <laughs> she controlled her whole universe with that single, uh, uh, that single syllable. Uh, Manny had just figured out, you know, his basement there and had a lot of old furniture. You could spend the night, as he tells the story. I think for uh, 15, 20 cents, you could sleep on one of the couches at night and he was looking for a name because these places had, uh, what were some of the names of the coffee shops that are down there? These are famous places. You know, whether it's the Blue Note Jazz Club or, uh, you know, we'll think of some of the names as we go, but you had to have an interesting name. And uh, he would ask, you know, each individual one night, as the story goes from each easy chair to each torn, you know, raggedy couch, what should we call our new coffee place, our new collecting house? And he would get answers like, oh, you should call it the eternal spiraling nexus of the believable truth. And Manny would go, what? Not thinking, you know, we, we learn from our, we become our parents, true, ultimately. You go to the next couch, you go, Brother, what do you think we should call our new coffee house, our new gathering place? You should call it not really like a name. It should be like a symbol that could only be drawn, but only be drawn in the air by those who, what? <laughs> and then you begin to see the shape and the symmetry of my own personal sense of humor. Decide it, what? You, a lot of you already are looking at the computer screen going, what? Well, many of you are decidedly downtown and you're characterizing the syllable with what the f <laughs> Which again is very f***ing New York. <laughs> All right, second break here on Rock School coming out of David Lee Roth. A little bit long, but explained the entire run of why the Cafe Wa is the Cafe Wa. As we talk about Manny Roth, died at 94, 95 back in July and uh, needs to at least be mentioned here on the Rock School radio show. Have you ever heard the term Hootenanny? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Roth, as in Manny Roth, would have Hootenanny nights, which is anyone right. could get up and sing a song or two. And supposedly that is where Bob Dylan came in and sang and was mm -hmm. hired by Manny Roth. And in case you're wondering, he sang two Woody Guthrie songs. That's where that came from. KRFY, Sandpoint, Idaho. Thanks for running the radio show. What do you got? WYAP in Clay, West Virginia. There you go. WYAP, by the way, our latest uh, affiliate here on the radio show. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Thanks for joining us. Back in a minute on Rock School. Manny Roth opens up the Café Wa late 1950s, has to sell it in 1968. Mm -hmm. Why? Couldn't make any money, even though he wasn't paying any yeah. of his artists or anything like that. Just couldn't make any money. It says here, revenues from coffee, light food, and a cover charge that climbed to five bucks. Which wow. is pretty gosh darn high for those days. Again, what it says here, mm -hmm. could not cover his expenses. So he walks away from the Café Wa, and according to his daughter, he was essentially penniless. 
just Aww. didn't make any money. His marriage had broken up. He moved to Woodstock, New York. You were talking about Woodstock, New York during the, uh, five, uh, the seven days and 70 seconds. Mm-hmm. Uh, he ran a diner for a little while, raised his daughter and son as a single father before marrying again. The Cafe Wa is still around. We'll tell you about the Cafe Wa and what has happened to it. It changed names a couple times, but today is still open. I said that when David Lee Roth was there as a young boy, I mean, from like 7 to 11, he would simply go and watch the music there. I, right. I mean, I wish I had parents that cool. Exactly. Drop awesome. me off in downtown Cleveland to hang with the musicians that were there. <laughs> Richie Havens would... I don't know, babysit him. I, I don't know how else to say so it. Funny. So I guess. So here is Richie Havens right here in Rock School. Little darling, it's been a long, it's all right. Okay, last break here on Rock School. As we said, Roth sells the Cafe Wa somewhere around 1968. And somewhere in the 1970s, the location becomes the Café Fringe-Jean. Huh? I know. You thought Café Wa was a dumb name? Café Fringe-Jean. Uh, F-R-E-E-N-J-O-N. Manny opens up another venue called the Village Gate, according to a website called BuzzFeed. By the 90s, he was also the owner of West End Gate near New York's Columbia University. Well, that's not too bad. He has to walk away because his cover charge, which was five bucks, high for those days, couldn't cover expenses. And he goes home to Woodstock, New York, where he runs a diner, raises his daughter and son as a single father before later marrying again. In case you're wondering what's happened to the club, in 1988, the owner of the club, Freen John, his name is Noam Dwarman, D-W-O-R-M-A-N, changes the name back to the Cafe Wa and gets the old logo, the guitar with the circle next to it and such. You'll see it if you go online and look. Trying to Uh, capitalize on that old image. Exactly that. Uh, He sells the club again in 2006, but nothing changes. You wouldn't know. It still looks like the Cafe Wa. Mm -hmm. It is still open today. Go to CafeWa.com. You'll see it. They have many theme nights. Local people still play, mm-hmm. but for the most part, it's owned by the house band, which is called the Best Damn Band in New York City. Huh. You can <laughs> rent it for weddings, receptions, parties, and bands, again, still play, but for the most, it's the house band. They have theme nights, funk nights, uh, tribute to Jimi Hendrix, that kind of thing. Uh, instead of just finger foods, now they have a full restaurant in there, and you can see the full menu on there, and it's it's club foods, you know, chicken fingers. Yeah. And you're they're not probably gonna... making more from food than... Oh, I guarantee it. You're not going to go in there and find you know, fine French dining. <laughs> these are these are bar foods. It's just that. So there you go. The band is actually really good. I don't know that That's it's the funny. best damn band in New York City, but they're <laughs> really good. In fact, we're going to end with them from uh, a night at the Cafe Wa Band. They're doing uh, Long Train Running and doing a really good job of it. Uh, as a matter of fact, because of that, I went to my band and said, can we try Long Train Running here? Look <laughs> at this. See what these guys are doing with it. So, And that wraps up the Cafe Wa Band. Manny Roth gets to 94, 95, and was a big place in music history in New York City. And so there you go. I'm Joe Burns. Money, Gregoire. See you next week. Class is dismissed.